How's it going, everybody? Welcome along to another episode of the Fancyland FPL podcast with myself, Stephen Gilroy. You can find me on Twitter at Fancyland FPL. This week on the podcast, we're going to be chatting about everything that happened in Game Week 27, the good, the bad, and where my rank is at the minute. And we'll be looking ahead to Game Week 28. So without further ado, let's get into it. So let's start off with what the plan was for Game Week 27. So for myself, I used my second free hit for this Game Week because I just want to attack the Game Week with some real purpose. I've been saying along that FPL is supposed to be fun. And during the week, obviously, I checked my team and I had, I think I had something like seven or eight players due to play on the weekend. So... You know, I said to myself, I'm not going to take a minus 8 or a minus 12 to try and fix that problem. So I just said, I'm going to go ahead and use the free hit. I'm going to have a little bit of fun. I'm going to pick some players that I wouldn't normally go for and, yeah, basically see how it goes. So that was the plan for the weekend. Free hit was the big plan and uh, I'll go through my full team and my full draft and how I got on in a couple of minutes time but let's just cover everything that's happened in game week 27 so we start with the early game Leeds and Spurs finished nil all uh or sorry nil all four nil to uh to Spurs uh that's wishful thinking right there uh for for Leeds I sat down I watched this game and in fairness it was following the same pattern as every single game I've watched with Leeds the last three or four weeks just Terrible defending, really, really abject stuff, you know, man for man. It just doesn't work in that Leeds United system. So Spurs were able to take advantage of that very, very early on in that game. And they ended up scoring four goals in that one. Harry Kane got himself a lovely finish in that one, I think, for the second goal or the no, the third one. And Son also scored in that one. So I actually had Harry Kane as my captain. And after all the debate that I went through during the week, Wondering whether I should captain Weghorst or Harry Kane. I'm very, very happy that I decided to go with Harry Kane in the end. Um, I'll speak a little bit about uh, why I didn't go for Weghorst in the end uh, when I get to the points. But yeah, 22 points for Harry Kane uh, as my captain pick, so that's not bad. So Leeds are in free fall at the moment as a team that's in real relegation danger. Uh, no positives on the lead side with Kane, Son. And the two Spurs fullbacks were pretty dangerous. So, um, yeah, that was probably the the one one thing I did notice. I mean, obviously Antonio Conte is a big fan of the wing back situation. So, if he's going to play like that every week, then you know he's probably going to get good returns. But then again, you're not going to play Leeds every single week. And at the time of recording this, actually, Tottenham have lost. They lost out in the FA Cup last night to Middlesbrough by a goal to nil after extra time. So. It just proves that Antonio Conte is not happy at the moment and he definitely won't be happy about that. Uh, next up, we will have a look at the 3 o'clock games. So, United, I have Bruno Fernandes. Uh, I was waiting for him to turn in a performance against Watford. Didn't happen in the end and it was fairly disappointing. So, I brought in Bruno on the free hit. I've had great success with Bruno over the last three, four game weeks where I've brought him in for a one-week, two-week punt and captained him. I was very close to captaining him at this stage uh, on Friday evening or even on Thursday. I was like, maybe that is the good idea. But uh, thank God, thank God I didn't, didn't, didn't do it in the end. As United could not find a way past Watford. Uh, the big hero in that game, of course, probably uh, Ben Foster. He got himself a 10-pointer. He was on my bench. 
And yeah, he was the only Manchester United asset that I had, Bruno. So it was pretty frustrating to see a blank, but obviously free hit, we can uh, go back to basics. Burnley assets then were popular this week. The likes of Ben Mee and Weghorst were selected by many managers. They fought back from a goal down to draw against Crystal Palace. So, yeah, I mean, I suppose I better talk about why I didn't go for Weghorst as my captain. I've seen so many drafts on Twitter and so many teams on Twitter with Weghorst as their captain. Now, yes, I know he ticks one box and that is the fact that he has a double game week. But it just wasn't enough for me. And I've listened to a couple of pods and I've read a couple of articles online and it just did not feel right. It never felt right. I had the captain armband on him at one stage over the course of the weekend, but I was never going to do it. I was never going to actually go ahead and captain Weghorst. I just don't feel like putting my trust in a Burnley player. I'd rather put it on a single game week player. And obviously, as I said, putting on Harry Kane in the end was the right thing to do. Ben Mee, also no real points returns. I think he got three points across the two games. He got injured in the second game against Leicester uh, last night. They lost by two goals to nil. And yeah, Weghorst didn't do anything of note either. So I was happy to get away with that as well. The amount of people uh, in mini leagues and across the board that had captained them was pretty big. So I was glad to get away uh, unscathed from that one. Uh, then moving on to Newcastle, they had a good win against Brentford by two goals to nil with new signing Bruno Gomerez. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, looking very sharp. So I looked at some of the stats from the game and he completed a lot of dribbles, made a lot of tackles and completed a lot of key passes. So he looks like a really good player. Newcastle find themselves in a fairly good position at the moment. They're on a run of, of wins and... I think, like this guy, Bruno Gomez, he hasn't been involved in, in some of them wins. He's been coming off the bench and stuff like that. But now that he is starting games, I can definitely see why Newcastle brought him in because he does look like a, a very, very sharp player and uh, he could be well up for the fight in this relegation battle. So, good win for them. Villa won 2-0 in a controlled game. Ali Watkins ended his goal route. Uh, Matty Cash Got the other goal. So again, I had Luca Dean in my team and I had Philip Coutinho. Coutinho didn't do anything. Coutinho does, hasn't done anything for a couple of weeks now. But with a double on the horizon, you'd imagine that maybe we'll get some returns from the Brazilian. Matty Cash and Ali Watkins with the goals. Ali Watkins, I didn't realise, was on a goal drought. So we'd be happy to get back on the score sheet in that one. Villa looking solid once again. Then finally, moving on to the 5.30 game on Saturday, of course, which was Manchester City uh, and Everton. So they're extremely lucky to pick up all three points in that game as Phil Foden scored from our Bernardo Silva assist. But Rodrigo clearly handballed in the last few minutes of that game, which uh, VAR didn't pick up on. Madness, really, considering it's what we're meant to be using this for. And uh, Everton can feel hard done by as this was a big decision gone against them. So... I had, who do I have? I had Cancelo and I had Sterling in my team. And I really had hoped that, you know, Sterling was marked as a differential in that game for myself. So he was the one that was going to boost my rank uh, a lot. And it just didn't turn out that way. So City struggled for large parts of that game. Everton really dug in, frustrated them. Probably should have had a point, you know. They probably should. They definitely should have had a penalty because that one hundred percent was a penalty. I watched it back, and Rodrigo did handball it, 
so it can be it's very very frustrating you know considering that var is meant to be there for those sort of decisions so yeah unlucky for everton but manchester city uh, keep rolling on on Sunday then, there was only one game as West Ham beat Wolves by a goal to nil with a Socek goal. Uh, good to see that I survived any of the uh, bone owners getting any uh, any points in that one. Michel Antonio got the assist for Socek in that one. And then the final game of the weekend, of course, Liverpool and Chelsea didn't play because of the Carabao Cup final. The final game of the weekend was on Tuesday night, last night, uh, as Leicester beat Burnley by two goals to nil. So that pretty much wraps up everything that happened in game week 27. Okay, that leads us nicely along to the next segment of the pod, of course, which is uh, how I got on myself over the course of the weekend. So points-wise, 62 points. The free hit was played, so 62 points all out. A jump in rank from 115k. I was at 89k uh, before the Leicester and Burnley game last night, but I've gone to in around 92, 93k now. Still a pretty good, um, pretty still a pretty good jump. It was another successful free hit, and the one thing I would say is. That every chip that I've used, apart from maybe my two wildcards, which is ironic, have worked out pretty well. So you'll remember that my free hit chip, the first one that I played in and around Stevens Day, I played it then and I got uh, 70, 80, 90 points. And this one went pretty much the same way. So I was still 60, 60 odd points. And my triple captain, obviously I finished with 142 last week. So that's three chips played that have gone pretty well for myself. Obviously, I'd hoped that the wild cards would have went a little bit better and the planning would have worked out a bit better. But look, as I said, 115k to about 92k, that's a pretty good jump. I'll be looking to make another move this weekend. As far as I know, I checked livefpl.net. Uh, if you don't already use it, then you can yeah definitely check it out and see where you are, see how close you are to your targets. I find that at the end of the game week when you have a look at it you can kind of sit back and you can kind of make you know a plan in your head about how you want to attack the next game week and where you want to be I think I'm about 20 points off the 50k mark at the moment which is not bad at all and now I'm I'm probably getting to the stage now where my expectations are kind of you know lifting every single week when it comes to my rank but as long as I keep having good game weeks picking the odd differential and you know nailing my captaincy every single week then uh, I can't really see how how I'm going to go too far wrong but yeah that's a pretty good jump some of the good Kane captain 22 points really happy with that as I said there was absolutely no you know regrets about going for Harry Kane because in the end it worked out better than I could have hoped for Weghorst would have been a massive letdown uh, for myself Son got a nine pointer I've seen a lot of people had Son as well in their free hit teams uh, Luca Dean with a six pointer and Cancelo then with a nine pointer the bad Sanchez got a one pointer uh, I didn't really foresee that you know Manchester United we're not going to break down a Watford team. And, you know, I've Ben Foster sitting on my bench with a 10-pointer. So that's, I suppose, unfortunate. But then again, I wouldn't have seen that happening. Shaw didn't start. Luke Shaw 
and he got himself a one-pointer as he came on for a few minutes. Sterling with a three-pointer and Fernandez with a three-pointer also. Uh, two of them fairly frustrating as well. I feel like if I would have got at least on average eight or nine points or maybe ten points out of the two of them, then uh, it could have really boosted my score and my rank. And then finally, Broha was the uh, other bad point of the weekend. He only got himself a two-pointer against Norwich on Friday night. So, yeah, pretty happy, I said, with the game week. I'm uh, ready to attack game week uh, 28 and see how we get on. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can jump a little higher. Okay, watch list time now. Let's have a look at some of the names that I've just written down from the weekend's game. So, first of all, Harry Kane, goal and assist, sharp, Lincoln well with Son. Self-explanatory, really. Harry Kane looks pretty good at the moment. I know that he got a couple of goals against City a couple of weeks ago in the Premier League. Got himself a goal and assist on Saturday against Leeds. The only issue I'd have with Harry Kane and Spurs in general and even Son is the absolute inconsistency. I don't know if... I'm as confident putting in Harry Kane and Son as I, you know, you know, on a regular basis. Like it's grand for one game, you know, against Leeds. We all know how, you know, defensively awful they've been over the last while. And, you know, Harry Kane was always always going to make hay in a game like this against Leeds. He was always going to get chances. And uh, he did take his chance really, really well. If you haven't seen his goal, go back and watch it. Really good finish from a tight angle. Just shows you the type of goal scorer that he is and the type of poacher that he is also. So he's the first name on the list. You can go for him or you can go for Son. Two fairly good options. I think their fixtures are pretty good for the next couple of weeks. Second name on the list, Ali Watkins. Scoring drought is over, but for how long? So Ali Watkins has never been massively prolific for a long period of time for Aston Villa. Again, you know, how long will he keep it going up for? Can he can he score, you know, an amount of goals across, you know, all the good fixtures that he's got for the next three, four weeks? Or is it a case of, you know, he'll just get a goal here or there? It's just one to keep an eye on. I wouldn't run out and get Ali Watkins just yet. I don't think that he's proven just yet that we should go out and get him. But definitely keep an eye. Che Adams is the next name on the list. We don't consider him enough. He is a good option. So Southampton have a tricky enough fixture against Aston Villa next. But it gets really easy after that. They have four or five fixtures in a row that are all green on the FDR on the Premier League website. So he's definitely someone I know I brought in. Broha for my free hit draft and I had Adams in but I took him out the last minute because I just felt like Broha might be a better choice but then again that's that's always what happens you'll have one player in you'll take another player out and that player will ultimately punish you for taking them out so keep an eye on Adams Gomez, as I mentioned uh, of Newcastle he sharp passed an eye test and will he start more so will he start more games for Newcastle now and will he start to you know, make his place in that team his own and over a long period of time is he going to play regularly for Newcastle so hopefully he will looks like a good player and uh, that's what we like to see in the Premier League Foster then Ben Foster the Watford goalkeeper underrated keeper does enough to be selected I think this is definitely true these are just notes that I've written down beside a couple of these players Um, he definitely is underrated he doesn't get enough credit sometimes for what he does I think he's really, you know, a very good shot stopper. I think when Watford 
win. He's always kind of in the points. He makes a lot of saves. He's almost comparable to the likes of Sanchez. I think now I would be, you know, almost inclined to just switch the two of them for the rest of the season. I don't think I'm going to be changing my goalkeeper anytime soon. I'm happy enough with Ben Foster and uh, Robert Sanchez. So he's definitely a goalkeeper that you can consider. I know a lot of people like uh, Ramsdale and they like Sa of Wolves as well. So uh, Foster is just another name on that list. <clears throat> and finally, uh, Matt Doherty. So another Spurs player. I know I said that I don't really trust Spurs at the moment. That is true. Matt Doherty, Kante likes uh, fullbacks in his teams. Is he going to be enough to be a regular? So is he going to start enough games? He played well the last day. It could be a thing that he just rotates with the likes of Regulon. Or is he going to play more games? Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. And yeah, good to see an Irishman getting uh, a start in the Premier League for a uh, for a couple of weeks at least. So yeah, that's the watch list. There are just a few names I've written down. Um, let me know what you think on Twitter. If there's any other names that you can think uh, we should be mentioning ahead of Game Week 28 at Fantasyland FPL, uh, you can tweet me there. But yeah, that's it for the watch list. So, what is the plan for double game week 28? And technically, it is a double game week 28, as Watford have a double game week, Villa have a double game week, Leeds also have a double game week, and Watford have one as well. So, I am seriously considering playing my bench boost this week. Now, I know I'm literally just emptying you know, my chips all in a two or three week spell and in fairness you know to attack this game week well and really you know go for it I feel like if I use bench boost this week then it could work out really well or it might just be a total disaster so I think the first things first I'll go through my team and uh, let you know who I've got so this is it at the moment and this I've not made any changes and it's a it's not that clear whether I'm going to make that many changes. So I have Ben Foster in goal, right? So I spoke about Ben Foster, very good goalkeeper. And fixtures-wise for Arsenal, or or, sorry, uh, Watford, they are decent. So Arsenal and Wolves are the two games of the double game week. So whatever about the Arsenal fixture, there's definitely potential there for the Wolves fixture. So he is definitely going to start, I would say, more than likely. The back line then of Trent Alexander-Arnold, Tierney, Cancelo and Luca Dean. So as I said, Liverpool have a single fixture uh, this week. So they play West Ham. Tierney has Watford. Cancelo has Manchester United. And Luca Dean has a double against Southampton and Leeds. I like that double for Villa. It's a nice nice pair of fixtures. Depending on how Leeds kind of turn their, turn their, their, their fortunes around, I'll speak a little bit about Leeds, obviously uh, a big thing has happened this week. Uh, You'll probably wonder why I didn't mention it at the top of the podcast, but this is an FPL podcast. I'm not going to go on too much about uh, what goes on in Leeds United. But yeah, so I I do. It's a nice nice double there between Southampton and Leeds uh, for Villa. So I'll be hoping to get returns out of that. The midfield then, Luis Diaz, Rafinha, Salah, Coutinho and Saka. So... Yeah, pretty good, pretty, you know, pretty good midfield, I suppose. Luis Diaz, looking at him now, wonder, will he start another game? It's hard to know. 
he is 8 million at the moment in FPL and it'll be hard to ignore him. I'd say I probably will start him and I'll just have a decent uh, substitute to come on because I'd say Klopp now will probably go on a bit of rotation because I know Diaz played in the Carabao Cup final. Salah, obviously, back once again. Good to see him back. Good to have him back uh, in the team after he came back from the African Cup of Nations and, of course, after his triple captain, uh, Monster Hall. We love it. Uh, then I have... As I mentioned, I have three Arsenal players. I have Lacassette, Saka and Kieran Tierney. So they have Watford away. Pretty good fixture again. Kind of need Lacassette now to do something this week or he will be probably on his way out of my team. I'll uh, probably just move him on if he doesn't do anything in the next couple of weeks. And Rafinha, obviously, you know, with the new manager bounce and stuff like that, it could be, you know, very different. They have a double against Leicester and Aston Villa. Still probably two decent fixtures for Leeds. I'm not going to say they're, you know, easy by any stretch of the imagination because, you know, Leeds are in a relegation fight. Uh, but Rafinha, look, we, we know what he's about and we know that he can, he can do uh, the extraordinary and he can pull off, you know, attacking returns. Uh, any game week of the season so that is my starting 11 at the moment then on the bench we have Sanchez as my substitute goalkeeper Manuel Dennis Josh King and Cucurella so I haven't been able to get rid of the two Watford boys just yet but after Manuel Dennis scored a couple of weeks ago uh, I feel like I want to keep him for at least another week but uh, I'm hoping to change my strike force up between now and the end of the season Uh, I definitely won't be keeping them long term so that's how my team looks at the minute and you know not a bad bench i suppose you would you know think that maybe dennis or king might get a get a goal or two against wolves maybe although wolves are looking really defensively sound at the moment uh Cucurella then against newcastle and sanchez against newcastle depending on whether or not you know newcastle come out and really you know play well that could be trouble for brighton but brighton are a solid side um so yeah i i, I think i think the big thing for me will probably be a bench boost i don't know if i'm going to make any transfers i would be kind of happy where i am in terms of who i've got obviously there's one or two players i'd like to move on but yeah if i can add another double game we player in there you know the likes of another you know aston villa player but do i want to go triple triple villa and put myself in that position i don't know i'm, I'm really not sure but over the course of the next couple of days hopefully i'll uh, be able to make that decision and yeah with regards to captaincy then for the double game week i'm just looking at the fixtures here so leicester play leeds uh, villa play southampton burnley chelsea newcastle brighton uh, norwich brentford wolves crystal palace liverpool west ham they're all on saturday um then watford arsenal uh, and Man-, man city and manchester united on sunday the manchester derby spurs and everton then on monday and then Southampton, Newcastle, Wolves, Watford, and then Leeds, Aston Villa. So they all play their second game, all them teams, uh, on Thursday, the 10th of March. Um, re- regards captaincy, I'm looking at Liverpool, West Ham, looking at Salah. Uh, I don't feel like uh, it's a risk. I think Liverpool are pretty solid and pretty good for good for the win at the moment. I know West Ham are, are going okay, but I just feel like Liverpool could get a win against them. If you wanted to go for a Chelsea player, I know Chelsea have some really good fixtures on the horizon. So they play Burnley. Burnley are scrapping away in the relegation zone as well. 
then you have the likes of uh, the Arsenal players against Watford. But then again, don't take it as gospel that Watford are just going to lie down and roll over because I don't necessarily think that they are. I think they're going to be pretty competitive in that one. Um, then you could look at the likes of the Leicester and Leeds game, depending on how... You see, the, the only issue I'd have with this is like both sides are in a little bit of you know transition and kind of you know one side is in big trouble Leeds obviously and Leicester just in a bit of transition so they're kind of struggling a little bit at the moment for you know top form I know they won 2-0 last night and this game will be a big big game for Leicester and uh, it'll be an even bigger game for Leeds so uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes I'll be definitely watching that one from start to finish so I might do a full eye test review on that on uh, how some of the players went but yeah, if it was me, I'd be captain Salah. If I have any Chelsea players, I would consider captain them against Burnley as well. But then again, you don't know who's going to lead the line for Chelsea. Like, could you trust the likes of Lukaku or Havertz or anyone like that? I don't know. I think I'd probably just stick with Mo Salah. Um, yeah, that is pretty much game week 28 in a nutshell. As I said, I'm probably going to bench boost more than likely. Uh, I don't see any reason uh, not to. You know, um, I suppose we're meant to meant to try and have a little bit of fun with FPL, and uh, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. So, yeah, probably bench boost might make one transfer, but I can't see it being any more than that. So that is all the fantasy Premier League chat out of the way, and we're about 24, 25 minutes into the podcast now, and I just said I would end on a on a tribute note to. The great Marcelo Bielsa, who of course uh, was relieved of his duties after the 4-0 win against uh, Spurs, uh, or sorry, no, rather the 4-0 defeat against Spurs on Saturday. So yeah, I don't want this to sound like, uh, you know, like a funeral or the man has died or anything like that because he hasn't. Uh, But I just said I wanted to, you know, pay tribute to the great man and, and, and what he's done for Leeds United. So I suppose... As a Leeds fan myself, I have been following them since I was maybe 11 or 12. I've seen a lot of bad days as a Leeds fan. You know, I've seen us go down to the championship. I've seen us go down to League One. I've seen us come back. I thought maybe, you know, the good times are coming back. But then we've just been stuck in the doldrums for a really long time. And I think in 2018, when we seen Bielsa walk through those doors, you kind of thought to yourself you know, is this the real deal? Is he the man to bring us back to the Premier League? And obviously, at the first time of asking, it couldn't be done, but what a roller coaster ride that was that first season where we eventually, you know, we missed out on automatic promotion and then we ended up losing out to Derby in the playoffs. That was probably one of the most heartbreaking games of all time uh, that I've ever witnessed. But um, yeah, I suppose there's a lot of games up there that are heartbreaking involving Leeds. And then when he decided to stay on, I've I've firmly thought I I really thought that he was going to go after that first season. But then when he decided to stay, I was like, yeah, you know, this could be a very special season. Again, a very up and down season. That season where you know there was a lot of COVID, you know the COVID stopped the season, and then there was real worry about whether the games would be finished. Um, but like that feeling when we finally done it and in the end of course it was it was Huddersfield that managed to seal the deal 
against West Brom and I remember being at work and I remember one of the lads at work and he told me you know Leeds have done it they're up you know and I just said to myself wow this is something I haven't experienced in 16 years you know I've not been able to you know celebrate anything really big uh with regards to Leeds but like this is all testament to Marcelo Bielsa I think the work that he's done with the training academy with the culture of the club I think the culture of the club is the biggest thing that I can say it's changed like the people of Leeds have almost they've definitely fallen in love with the club even more now once again and you know what a year last year I mean to bring us back and play a brand of football that was attacking fairly brave at times a little bit defensively defensively naive excuse me but you would have to say that the man is a very, very strong advocate of his principles and attacking football. And that really, you know, was the biggest thing that us Leeds fans enjoyed over that time. So, yeah, this season, obviously, it's not it's not went to plan. I think it's been a combination of a few things. Um, it's been, you know, lack of investment. Uh, probably Bielsa's style, uh you know, ran out of steam eventually. You know, I'm not going to sit here and criticise because he's done so much good. But yeah, look, it's it it is what it is. Football at times is a or all the time is a results driven business. And uh, unfortunately for Marcelo Bielsa, time just ran out uh, because we're in the predicament that we're in, and we need to uh, get behind the new coach. Of course, is Jesse Marsh. He did time at a uh, RB Salzburg, yeah, Salzburg in Austria. And he did uh, a stint at RB Leipzig in Germany as well. So we need to get behind him as Leeds fans. And we need to make sure that we do everything we can to get behind the team. But with regards to Marcelo Bielsa, thank you, Marcelo, for being uh, the man that changed the culture changed our love affair with the club made us love it again uh, i know i definitely love uh, watching leeds again or have definitely watched love watching leeds in the last couple of years again hopefully uh, we can carry on or jesse marsh can carry on the good work that was done by you and uh yeah thanks a million for everything so i've seen a lot of tributes and stuff on twitter the last couple of last couple of days and uh, some of them have been really good and some of them have been really thoughtful and uh really uh you know inspiring and uh hopefully we uh wish marcelo bielsa the very best in whatever he does in the next chapter of football no doubt the man will probably get involved in something else okay that's it i'm out of here best of luck for double game week 28 enjoy the premier league over the course of the weekend we'll talk to you next week and uh yeah take care see you soon